I'll see you, my lad. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Kevin McGovern, and it is Thursday, March 10th. Daylight savings time this week. Just found that out. And oh. it's another, yeah, it's another edition of the uh, Prove It Live podcast. Mm-hmm. We're down a lot of weight, not because Mike and I went on a diet. Well, we probably could lose a couple, but we lost. And there's only three of us, but we lost like four thirds of our of our <laughs> of our of our team because our, our producer's not here. So we're gonna just wing it, and uh, we'll see what we come up with. Uh, but without further he'll, ado, he'll make a cameo. He's gonna make a cameo. Oh, he's gonna make a cameo. All right. Yeah. Um, All right. So without further ado, I'm gonna introduce you to my uh, co-host, Mr. Mike Ferry. Mike. Well, thanks, Kevin. Welcome everybody to the Prove It Live podcast. Um, I am Mike Ferry, actually from the Farm Baseball Performance Institute, along with the aforementioned Kevin McGovern from Perfect Motion Sports Therapy, and our producer at large, Ryan Gagne Fructis. Hold on. Oh, here he is. He's going to make an impression. Oh, here's this cameo. Ryan, Ryan, you there? Uh, I'm here. I had a couple of failed meetings, but um, but I'm going to be here for at least a few minutes. I'll be able to kick off the top of the order. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to stick around for the why would you do that, but I'll be able to for the top of the order. Where's Mike? Uh, he had to run to the bathroom with him. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that is absolutely. I don't have the, I don't have the blurry backgrounds. I don't have the, I don't have the blurry backgrounds, but that is, that is, that is. Uh, so anyway, so he's here. He's here in spirit. Um, right, we like that. So, uh, what should we talk right? So, top of the order, right? We do have a top of the order, even though we, we don't do. have our producer here. So, the top of the order. Top so, of the, the, order. the, the bases are gotten like really big. So, yeah, the bases are big. Why are the bases big, Michael? So, MLB talks here, right? So, some things that they've agreed on uh, in this conflict between the M- uh, MLB. Uh, can I ask who, which, which dingy side brought this up? Is this the I, owner I this side? The, I think this is the Players Association. And well, they, they the, want uh, a bigger base. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's been agreed upon. And so just there's not a ton of information on it because it's not a huge thing, but it's it's kind of a big deal because I mean the bases have been the same size, you know, quite a long time, right? And um, so the, the the idea behind it apparently is that uh, it will help reduce some injuries on the base paths. Um, and uh, and the other thing is like sort of as a um, a, a, a side effect, right, would be that uh, it may increase stolen base numbers, you know, because, you know, now you have a wider sort of target to get at with your hand. The the, the, the defender has to cover more more area uh, for the tag. So so that's it. But I, I saw I've seen the base. It's quite it's significantly bigger. It's not Huge. just a little bigger. Yeah, it's it's like it's now, at least 50 percent bigger. I would say. Will it solve the stupid baseline at first base which not an umpire in the world can tell you when someone is in the baseline or out of the base. i mean how many plays have we seen that the guy's mean home to first home to first the guy's yeah. running down where you got this like you know the lane the lane yeah. but then the lane doesn't add up with the bags so you do got to cut over like yeah can it get rid of the lane because the lane is stupid that's a good that's a good question you know i, I yeah i'm not in fact and no one could, no one can tell you what the lane is. Like, what's like, is who's got, you know, it's a runner that no one can cross over the lane. Who's got, you know, because there's been, there's been plays in the World Series with the lane, you know, That's right. been the famous one of, you know, play, of course, the A Rod's, the, the slap. That right. was, that was a lane, that was a lane violation or whatever, yeah. you know. So there's all kinds of things. I mean, would, you know, if the base is bigger or like you said off air, the softball where, 
they just run down to a piece of base. base that's not yeah. even that's not even included with the base. I mean, that might be better. I think it would be. I actually, you know, and I remember, you know, when we first started, uh, you know, including softball in our program. I always thought it was kind of weird, but then seeing it play out, it, it makes sense, you know, and it's a complete, it's a way safer, you know what I mean? It's yeah, just the, a the, lot the runner, the runner can run as hard as he or she wants and not have to worry about, obviously, if there's coming a, out on an ankle. Yeah. Obviously if there's an offline throw, that's different, but that, that could happen on anything. And then, know, right. Right. Th- yeah. Doesn't matter what the size of base or how many bases right. you have there. No, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. Um, so the other thing that uh, that's been in discussion is that was approved was um, they were going to ban the shift. No more really? shifts. No more shifts in baseball. They've, they've banned it. Really? Well, I'm going to say I'm going to pull up exactly what they're. Uh, What's Joey Callow going to going to do now? If he can't complain. Well, that's 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 so it would be interesting to see. Uh, let's see. We'll see. All right. And it's uh. So I'm tr- what I was trying to do is I was trying to look up what that actually means right because it's kind of vague right i mean you can't tell a second baseman for instance to not play on the grass towards the first baseline right i mean that's right i mean are we talking about like shift right yeah like are we talking about look the outfield's got three out three outfielders you can't put the shortstop in right center field or in right field is that what they're talking about right right it's putting infielders into the outfield can't put five you know six infielders yes yes um, you know, there's not, it's, you know, it's talking about, you know, how baseball purists are a big fan of this. A lot, it, it's, it's interesting to me to find out how many people are actually for this. I thought, you know, and I, I sort of was on the fence about it. Like I, I don't love the shift. I just, I don't love it. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I saw, and this was not a shift. I was watching a college game yesterday. It was might've been the Tulane game and, 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 uh, Southern miss, <clears throat> but, um, uh, yeah, so it's not public yet. The exact rules I just looked up, and um, so th- there's a there's a right-handed hitter up, and uh, they're working him away, and he ends up taking an outside pitch, hits it towards not even right center. It was shaded to right center, right? But mm-hmm. you know, as you're as you're from the plate looking at center field, it's to the right of the center fielder, so to the center fielder's left. And off the bat, it looked like a fairly routine out, and the fielder didn't come within. T- 20 30 feet of it because he was playing sort of towards the gap and left center and and i'm like why and that used to drive me crazy too with 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 the shift uh you know is if you're gonna shift somebody wouldn't you want to pitch them to the so that they would hit it wouldn't that make more sense that requires Um, um a baseball iq like yeah yeah i mean it's just it's it's you know shifting a, a lefty pull hitter uh, you know, to the to the pole side, putting everybody in the right side of the infield and then working them away just doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, that's I digress, and it's not here there. That's more strategy. Um, so and then the other thing is the uh, the pitch clock. I suppose it's allegedly going to be a pitch, an actual pitch clock. So, um, you, you we talked about off air for a second. I, I I was sure that they had implemented that before at one point, um, just never really enforced it. Yeah, just minors. I think what they had tried to do, I think two or three years ago, was stepping out of the box. You weren't allowed right. to do that. And then that, right. that one that, that one just away. fell away. Right. Yeah, David Ortiz said, Yeah, F you, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it, 
the, the whole time of the game really bothers me, right? Yeah. Because if you look at football now, right? Football would start at one and be over at about four, five after four. Yeah, yeah, a long now, game. Now, now, now the games, now the games are scheduled to start at four fifteen and four thirty. Right, the four o'clock game doesn't start at four o'clock, or right. unless if it's got a one o'clock game backing up to it. So the football games are at least fifteen minutes to a half hour longer. No one's complaining about that, right? right. No one complains about the six hour tennis match, right? They think that's great. You know, and, and our our true baseball people, our true bait. I mean, do you complain about how long the game is? Do you complain about that the Yankees and Red Sox played a four hour marathon, nine inning, seven to six game? Well, I don't. Well, here's here's where the complaints are coming from. I think, you know, if it's a Yankees Red Sox game, it's going to be an extra long game. Why? Well, because it's a big rivalry. It gets national attention, and so they want to flood it with commercials. Well, that's the other that's thing the problem. too, right? Right, There's a, dude. Commercials are insane. Yeah, it's not like, necessarily. And, and, and how you figure them out? Like, have you ever been to like an NBA game or a college game? All was, or even college. I remember going Football to B, going to BC Notre Dame game right at BC, and I'd be like, "What in God's name is going on?" And it'd be TV timeout. TV timeout. You'd be sitting there for fifteen minutes before you went yeah. back on, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's part of the problem. Like, cut the commercials. It is. I mean, you know, look at. So a pitcher is supposed to get eight pitches in between innings as warm up, right? Eight pitches. That doesn't yep. take very long, right? Nope. So that's what that that should be the commercial break right there. But obviously it's longer. And then again, when you have or do you know, what golf does, or do it like <laughs> golf. Golf. Now I don't know if you've known. You probably don't since you don't watch it. I but golf. The only thing worse than playing golf is watching golf. <laughs> so golf has a playthrough now. So they'll have the commercial in in live and sound. Yep. And then they'll have the the. The, in a split screen, the golf still going on, so you can still see it. Yeah, they do. They do that with uh, some football now as well. Yeah, I think that's smart, yeah. right? So you right. can still watch the game, if, yeah. and you get the commercial, and and you have the in-game placement too with baseball. So now right. you have, you know, the it's almost like green screen that goes across. You know, the ads go across the, right, uh, right. the backstop and right. such, and you know they put things on the mound now that aren't really oh, there. Mound, like right? The yeah, the holograms are every yeah, up, up, yeah. Ba- on the bases is everywhere. Just like right. you know, the NBA is on top of the backboard. That's right. Yep. You know, like it's is it really the? I mean, you know, now the pitchers got to pitch to what three batters or the end of the inning, right? So yep. they've cut that. So there's no more one and done. That's cut time. I think the length of the game has, to, I mean, has to do with TV. Yeah, I think it does too, <clears throat> in large part, right? I mean, look, it's the game. It's not a fast-paced game, you know, and, and it's interesting that that you know I, I, I say to my players all the time. It's not supposed to be a fast-paced <laughs> game. It's a, it's a game well, of chess, right? I mean, it's a chess. It is, a, you know. But 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 think of it this way, you know, because people say, "Oh, it's too slow." You know, people that aren't fans, they go, "Oh, it's too slow," whatever. And I and it's the slowest sport in the world, and it's it is slow until the ball's hit, and then it's the fastest sport in the world. I mean, you have three well, seconds, right? Right. To read Absolutely. The ball, make and, a play. Make a throw. And those people, and you know, we've both coached at high levels, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, a pitch in the third inning, a ball or strike that's not called, a, a drop, one or two extra pitches comes back to maybe haunt the team in the seventh inning, right? Right. And yeah, people absolutely. people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Most of the people mm-hmm. who are complaining, I think, don't understand the game. Because I'll yeah, never complain. I'll never complain. Oh, geez, the Cubs and the Dodgers are three. You know, I get three hours and 40 minutes. I'm not going to complain because something went on in that game to make it three hours and 40 minutes. Right. I yeah. mean, so, you know, I mean, like, 
No, I agree. I agree. I mean, with did that. anyone complain? I mean, as as a as a diehard Red Sox hater, all right. I stayed up until four in the morning or whatever that damn World Series. I watched every single pitch of that game. Right? That yeah. was like how long was that thing? That was like ended like three thirty in the morning. Right? Because I'm a baseball fan. I'm not complaining <laughs> that. Yeah, obviously Dave Roberts blew the win in the third inning, the fourth inning, the you know. But yeah. that's, that's beside the point. But like I watched it, so. I think yeah, they're, I think they're if, trying if to fan, bring yeah. in other fans. Right. Do you need them? Here we don't. New York, no. you don't. Chicago, you don't. You know, but St. Louis, you don't. But I think in lots of places. Well, don't, and don't tell me do. Kansas City, you don't, because they just sold for $990 million. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, is it is it really a big problem? Or, or, or is this the problem right now, that it's March? And there are a bunch of people, kids who 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 are going to spring training, and there's no spring training game. Yeah, that's a much bigger problem, you know. Right? I, or it, every game, like even the Red Sox, right? How many after they have, you know, a smattering of afternoon games when no one can go, like during the week where a parent's got to take. Where's the Saturday afternoon game? There's no such thing in Fenway. Everything's at seven o'clock at night. The only afternoon games they play that's, that that you could really bring small children is Sunday. And so the marathon, right? Yeah, and some people have other things, you know, religious or whatever on Sunday. Where's the Saturday at one o'clock game? That's what you need to bring back that you can bring kids to that game. That it's not they get home at one in the morning, whether it's the weekend or not. No one wants to get home at two in the morning. That's not a huge baseball. Like, I don't want, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. They're not thinking about the fans who are going to the game right. at that point. They're thinking about the fans at home or watching TV and who they can and where they can sell right. ad space. Right. And so that's, right. you know, I think, I mean, look, a lot of, football football moved to you know used to be just sunday and then all day sunday and then monday night and then they moved that thursday to, and then, to, yeah. to adding saturdays once college is over and then thursdays and obviously you have monday yep. and thursday and and so then there's now there's back there's two games on thursday etc and uh so yeah i mean look they're gonna they're gonna do the things that they need to do to make money which i'm fine with but at the end of the day it can't be in spite of the fans that's right. well, that's that's here's the, what that's baseball the doesn't it certainly understand. can't be in spite right. of not having games. Right. That's here's crazy. what baseball doesn't understand. They have the largest sports attendance in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, they do. Because yeah. they play 162 games. That's right. Yep. And every game, there's people in those stands. So basketball only plays 82 or, you know, football plays what? 17 now. Right. Hockey plays. What the eighty? However many they play. However many they play, right? (laughs) Right? So baseball plays double the amount of games that the next closest sport plays. That means hot dog, like the the attendance, like the the the. I mean, they're making their their seasons nine months plus. That doesn't even count the twenty five games that they'll play in the spring, which are pretty much sold out for almost every team. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, and you look at you look at a place like Fenway Park, Yankee Stadium. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know what the current record is now, but I know you know at Fenway they had a record like they had a sellout for like every right. game, every home yeah. game for like twelve years or maybe more, right. maybe probably longer right. than that. And yeah. so crazy, yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, even the ones that don't have full capacity, I mean, times eighty-one games. I mean, it's it's and the and the and the ticket prices are are exorbitant. And that's the right. thing. All, you know, this, all this stuff, you know, owners are going to have to make this money because by the way, they just canceled two more series. Okay. Right. So that's what four series that are going to be, they're being now, canceled. should have started now, the season. Now, by now. Don't forget too. And that money's got to be made up somehow. Right. And they're going to, Base- you know, baseball has three, sometimes four 
levels of minor leagues that also have fans. So to me, baseball is still besides, no, it's, it's still, it's still the most populated American sport right? by total, by, by total fans, not even close live. Like, okay. The ratings in football may do different, but I don't know if you played 182 or 162 football games, would the ratings be as high as they are? Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a good point because you know the games mean more, obviously, right? Every game right. means right. Like, that what are the much, play, that what are the more. playoff? Yeah, what are the playoff numbers? I mean, everyone loves the playoff numbers. Playoff they go up because there's a short amount of games. I mean, I think baseball does pretty good. No, they do. They do. I guess that's a, a, a about all for for for, for baseball and the, and the luck. I they just they got to they got to they got to put this together. And you know, I, you know, it's people are not f- very fond of uh, Manfred right no. now, so. And I don't blame him. I don't. I don't blame him. No, them. he missed. I mean, he mishandled the cheating scandal. You know, you've you've got. You know, that's the one guy that was thankful for the pandemic, right there. Yeah, right. right? You've got. You've you know, you've got. I mean, just look at it. You've got the Astros who cheated. I mean, I don't care what you say. You know, you watch Altuve running down, scoring, and grabbing his shirt, so no one rips it don't off. Don't rip it off. He's going. Don't no, rip he it off. Don't to rip, the thing. He yeah. To it. Okay. <laughs> you've got people who. You know, the Red Sox manager, I mean, they were banging. You could hear it. They cheated on games to win. No penalty happened to any of the players. Just the manager. And Pete Rose is still not in the Hall of Fame, right? Mm. Don't don't even get me started. You know what I mean? So that's so right. Travesty. So right. You, 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 you know, you, so it's, a, it's, it, they're hypocrites. They're, they're truly hypocrites. And Manfred is, he certainly hasn't helped the game. Um, I don't see him at the youth level. You're more in touch with youth, ba- youth baseball than I am. I don't see any olive branches for Major League Baseball coming to help youth baseball at all to get more people to play it in terms of even funding. Like you're like every indoor baseball AU program who has youth baseball from a certain age should have Major League Baseball grants that you can apply to to subsidize kids who can't afford it. Because right now. To play baseball, and you know this, you charge money, you have a business, you have to. Mm-hmm. All of these showcases, if you don't have a ton of money as a parent, I would say $10,000 a year of expendable income, your yep. kid's not going to go anywhere playing baseball because no one's going to watch them play high because no one cares about high school baseball on the East Coast because it's played you know, now when it's four degrees outside. Like you've got to play summer baseball and you've got to play in these travel teams and you've got, you know, and you've got to play in these or these showcases and they cost money. Yeah. And I don't see the made and I don't see major leagues doing anything. Like you want to promote baseball, then promote more people playing baseball. Because when you and I play, we're kids, we play wiffle ball seven days a week out in the park. That's not happening at all. You know, you can go any park anywhere. You're not going to, and that goes in any sport. You're not going to see anyone playing basketball. You're not going to see anyone playing baseball. It just doesn't happen. Well, that's I mean, where it has to start. I, I agree. You, you, you got to be a fan of the game, right? Before you want to watch it on TV. Well, it was also like those pickup games were where you tried stuff, right? Now, we didn't have yes. all the facilities that are around now and all the professional yeah. instruction around or the internet. But, you know, you watched on TV and you saw Jim Rice swing or you saw Don Mattingly swing and you went, you try to emulate that swing down at the, at Absolutely. the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it goes more than that. You know, I think that's another topic for another time because you could, we could get way into that. I mean, look, kids go to a field and they're liable to get kicked off. So they don't have a permit. You know, I mean, that's how ridiculous it is in a lot of these towns. But um, yeah, there's but they're up against enough that this 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 should not be. 
this should not uh, be an added deterrent. I just, sure. have a, I just have to have a side note. I just, I'm sorry. Lay it on me. There should be no one in our government right now coming in Uh-oh. front of a TV camera smiling. Mm. No one. That includes our disgraceful vice president. That includes the press secretary. You don't smile in the middle of a war when people are done. What's, what's the joke? I just saw the press secretary get on all smiles. What's so funny? What's the joke? Yeah. Republican yeah. or Democrat? What's the joke? I don't get it. You know, her over there, like laughing about refuge. Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, what's, what's so funny about people dying. I mean, I'm watching like people being shoveled into mass graves and our politicians are, are smiling. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Sorry. Well, that was a downer. Just a side note. All right. <laughs> well, I could segue. Us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> segue great segue. Through. Sorry. <laughs> and unfortunately, the, uh, uh, the national scene and what's going on in the world peeks his head into everything. So, so, so Mike, you've got, so you, you, you went to school this week, right? You purchased a course. I did. I actually purchased, purchased a course. I knew you were, I course. knew you, I knew you were, were lacking in knowledge. Yep. So and you purchased this course, which be is educated. sold for yep. $297. That's and, correct. And we, you and I are working on our own course, so we don't begrudge any human being from earning money on the course. But um, so you, what what do you think? If what, it what's does your... what he portends it to do, then it's the value, right? But, yep. um, you know, again, I don't want to get into any copyright disputes, so I don't want to put it up on the screen. But, um, you know, I do. There's some terminology. There's lots to talk yeah. about. There's, there's some terminology that, that I don't understand. There's Maybe lots of different. Okay. Well, I think it's going to get into a little bit of the hodgepodge that we have for today. It's 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 all related, um, but it has to do with a couple things. So number one, there's there's things that 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 instruct this particular instructor. I, I, I hesitate to even call him that. That he'll talk about that big leaguers do. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong about a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong oh. about what and we, they do. And we have and we have said that on the show. Correct. Um, however, you know, there's and and I and I th- and in watching this and doing this like course, watching it's really just a series of videos. That's all it is, right? Like little five minute, you know, instructional videos. Mm-hmm. And and watching this, you know, it sort of deepens my resolve with this this thought, which is. He he thinks he found some magic with what the top hand does as a hitter, and he's putting all the emphasis on the em- emphasis on that. Okay, now we'll get to the lower body. Does no clue what's going on with the lower body, but we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about how scientifically, biomechanically, however you want to look at it, it's not only wrong, it's it, it violates kinesiological laws okay all right but so this thing right so i'm just going to tell you so one of the first things he talks he talks about in this is um is the 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 load the stack and and then the hands okay so the very first thing he tells you to do in, in, in your stance is to put the barrel on your shoulder he talks about how george brett did that Maybe I honestly didn't even take the time to look it up because it doesn't. And I can let's I can, give him he, George Brett. I think he does a little bit. He 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 I, may rest I, it and then pull it off of there a little bit. Yes. That's that's different. Yeah. That's yep. different. Okay, so he's saying you don't want to take the barrel off your shoulder because when you do that, you're activating your arms are now active. There's muscle. There's muscles being used. Well, I got news for you, pal. Just holding the bat there 
as muscles being used. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lifting mm-hmm. it off by two inches inches is not really all of a sudden activating those muscles, but that's neither here nor there. That's what he, but I want to say that because it gives you an idea of what he thinks he can speak about muscle engagement and the body. Mm-hmm. And, and it just, it, none of it makes sense. None of it jives, but he says to rest it on the shoulders. So that way that your arms aren't activated. Right. Cause you don't want the arms that are the enemy of the swing. Okay. Um, now, I've said a lot of times in my own facility that, you know, the, you know, hands are sort of a dirty word, right? In the beginning, when you want to teach rotation, because not all kids can rotate, not all kids will naturally turn their hips. Okay. You do have to teach that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Although not according to teacher man, it's not the hips. It's going to be the leg and then the barrel pivots on the top hand, right? Calls that a pivot, right? Another, mm-hmm. another, another big red flag. Okay. So anyway, starts the barrel on, uh, on the shoulder. And that when you're going to do Kevin is you're going to stack your your hip uh, hip socket. I, I, I made it, I took notes. You want to st- stack your hip socket over Step. the ball of your femur, your rear femur, over the ball of your rear femur. Okay, femur. and you want them to. Do fuse. you have a, you have a front femur? Well, the front femur he's talking about is the front leg, right? So the back. Oh, leg, oh I see. So yeah. okay, yes, okay. The femur load, of the back your load, leg. Your load position. Okay, gotcha. correct. And he wants you to stand up over that leg so much so that your knee bends out past your foot. If this were my foot and this were my hip, his knees bowing out this way. Okay. So my knee and, goes over my toe. Yep. And we've when we've shown, I can tell you, I can show you a picture of that. Okay. Um, I, this is, we, let's this talk to nauseam that, like. that that is not an athletic move. I never know how to put stuff up on the screen, so I always just do this. Okay. And it's blurry, but you can get the point. Yes. Okay. So his that's, so his knee is over his toe and his right. and his foot is is externally rotated about fifteen or twenty degrees. And that's that's how you would properly load according to him. Okay. Okay. All right. So now there's two leg hitting and then there's one leg hitting. He says, okay, and you do not want to be a two leg hitter. You do definitely don't want two legs engaged because that makes you push the ball. Don't even tell me how that makes sense. Okay. But okay. All right. Now, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, how he thinks it makes sense is he tells you that you want to, if, if you do this, then you, then, and you turn with both legs, then this knob, okay, without doing this thing is going to stay down and it's going to keep curling right over to first base as a lefty third base as a righty. Okay. Again, but not understand rotation and then how the hands do play a role in the swing. Mm-hmm. Right. So it goes on and on. We're still, I'm still breaking this down, Kevin, because there's a lot to go over. Um, and, and look, and to be honest with you, I really did. I and to be honest with everybody. I, I wanted to buy this to really try to understand where he's coming from. I really did. I mean, look, you can't deny the guy has lots of followers, which blows my mind. Okay. Um, and, and, and he has at least he's worked with some big leaguers. I mean, they yeah. he's worked with some now the ones he has, I think, again, they don't understand this thing, right? So it's all about this. It's all about the twist and the and the and the thing. So I think he calls it um, the snap and tilt, right? So you're gonna. So going from pronation or neutral to supination, right? correct? Is that what he's talking yeah, about? Yeah, the okay. snap because you want to throw the barrel back that way as you lift so your head up are, off the zone and so spin off your back you, leg. So that's physically impossible to do. So. Again, going back to the merry-go-round theory of the body, the body not in needs, concert, right? 
Yeah, the body needs a stable pillar to rotate around. So for rotating off, let's say, if he wants to rotate off your back leg, that's fine. So if we then start to move our hands and flip that, our trunk's got to stop because our trunk is a stabilizer of our arm. So we would stop the rotation to flip our back. Yeah. It's not, so, it's not, a, it's not an active move. It's a passive move, meaning as I spin, the, it just falls through that. Until the trunk stops rotating, then it's then now that trunk becomes the merry-go-round post, and then we can throw the arms. So, Last, and we want to we want to stand rotation for today. And I know Kevin, you have a video you want to show, and 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 because and the reason we're bringing this up because there are some trends. Okay, there are trends like you know we talk about HLP and we talk about the teacher man a lot, uh, but it's in, it's important because I think. You know, like we had our guest on last week, we had Jason on last week, uh, Jason Collar, and, and getting the right information out there is really important. And because this has become, um, look, we just talked about the strike, right? About uh, the, the the lockout, rather, the baseball lockout, and uh, how important it is for them to get back on the field because they influence kids. Well, lots of kids are influenced on social media, and it's probably more of that now because there's mm. less of MLB, right? No one wants to just, you know, read about the lockout all day, okay? So I'm going to say this last thing, and this is how he thinks you rotate, okay? You, you don't rotate, rotate the spine, according to him. You rotate the back leg. So I'm going to use this pen as a back leg. It's the best example I can give. And you can see this little clip here, right? So if I were to have a pocket and a pocket protector clip on that, right? So I don't have one currently. I have many shirts with them, okay? But here's the clip. So if this is his left leg, Okay. Yep. His back leg. He's a left-handed hitter. Left-handed yep. hitter, right? And he'd be hitting this way. His right leg would be coming down like this. Okay. He he suggests that when you lean back, this is this is loading. You twist that back leg. You push your weight back. You stack your hip socket over your the ball mm-hmm. of your femur, straight down. You twist it, and then the snap and tilt. The tilt. You tilt the barrel back, and you snap. So if you twist it back, it's going to snap back faster. Again. Apparently, no knowledge of how the actual body works, right? I mean, and this is and this is proof. And again, I did go in, into this, Kevin. As you know, like I wanted to really try to understand, like maybe yeah. I'm missing something. Maybe maybe I'm misunderstanding him, and maybe I still am. I don't think I am. Um, it's just a bunch of like it's 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 garbage. It, it's just that that's not how your body moves. And this isn't my opinion. This isn't like my philosophy on hitting and your philosophy on things. There is no philosophies, right? It's like, so it, it, it just blows me away. Okay. So now why is that important? All right. Rotation. There's a misunderstanding right now what rotation is. And there's even some people saying now, and I've never heard this before, except for the week back in the old days, Kevin, there used to be an idea of oh, you're rotational or linear and rotational was, you know, you turn like the Ted Williams style and linear was incorrectly described as someone who would go, okay, hands to the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Then you finish and then your body turns after the fact. So it was almost like a reverse sequence. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they thought that was linear other than the hands were moving in a straight line. Okay. The reality is that a real proper swing is actually both rotation and linear. You rotate on an axis and your hands are going to move in a linear path. Your barrel is going to stay in that linear path. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that old rotational for linear, but now there's, there's people. And I think you mentioned, uh, and I don't know. So this is secondhand. You said Joey Kuna, right. Is, is saying that you don't rotate. Yeah, so I had a, a hitting instructor, Danny Cahill, the hit doctor, give him a prop in Connecticut, contact me because he's being he teaches normal science and people and he's getting questions about rotation, about not rotating. And I asked him, well, 
how would you chop a tree down with an axe, right? Like you just would fling your arms out, right? There's no power there, but you know, then this whole scissor kick and then Kuna's name came up. So I recorded a little video this morning. Oh, oh go ahead. Before you, before you put that video up. Okay. So there's no rotation. Well, when you're, when you're hitting, you're facing, I'm facing this way. If I'm up to bat right now, the pitcher is over here from a lefty over here from right. Right. So I have to rotate my head, mm-hmm. turn it. And then in order to hit that ball, I need to turn my body. I'm not mm-hmm. standing facing at him. Okay. So mm-hmm. there has to be a turn. So where mm-hmm. does that term come from? The scissor kick. I know was a big one, right? A lot of people are on the scissor kick and, uh, um, you know, which we've talked about here on, on the, on the show before, but I'm sure we'll talk about it again, but let's, this is the definition of rotation and this is how you rotate and where rotation comes from. Most importantly, God, Kev. Hey, everybody. My name is Dr. Kevin McGovern, and I have been asked by a few people to talk about where rotation comes from in the baseball swing. Well, it's the same in the baseball swing as it is with pitching, tennis, golf. Rotation, which is a transverse plane movement, meaning cutting the body in half, starts at only one place where every other movement starts, and that is the spine. Okay? The spinal cord. The signal comes in from the brain, just like your house. It comes, the signal for the electricity comes in from the outside to our fuse box. That is our spine. And then from there, it goes out to the extremities. You have to treat all extremities as if they're add-on parts, meaning that if I had no arms and no legs and had prosthetic arms, how would I move them, right? I would move them because the power The movement, everything starts from the spine. Out, okay? If you injure your spinal cord, God forbid, your neck, your your thoracic spine, you can't move your arms and legs. You can't rotate, okay? So rotation of the hips starts with rotation of the spine, then the pelvis, then the hip, then the knee, right down the kinetic chain, okay? Those who talk about you're getting force from the ground, False, false. Again, it starts at the spinal cord, down through the leg, to the foot. The ground gives equal and opposite force back, but you don't get force from the ground. There's no ground pushing up. The body's got to deliver force, and force gets pushed back up. That's a physic property, the study of physics. So everything with human movement starts at the spine. And the simplicity of it, if we have an injury to our spine, we have no movement of our trunk or extremities. So thanks for listening. I hope that helps. So there you go. That's as simple as I could put it. Now, you did have a question about ground. So shoot. Correct. So um, I've, I've, I talk about the ground when we hit mm-hmm. right? when it. It's, and I want you to explain this because one thing that I do know is that without the ground, you're not really producing any force. In other words, you know, you have someone as an example, I think we saw, why would you do that like this? You jump up in the air and you try to hit a ball. You're not going to hit it so hard. You jump up in the air and you throw it. Your velocity is not the same. So the ground does play a role. And how is that? Yeah. So the ground, the physics of it's about the only concept I remember in physics is the ground gives equal and opposite force back. So we are much more. So just, just think about this. We're playing with a ball. You're, you're on heart. You're on the, the parking lot of the beach and I'm in the sands. We could swing at the same speed. 
you're going to hit the ball with much more power because the ground is giving you force back to help you turn. But for someone to say that the ground is giving the force without first saying, no, no, no. Step one is body to ground. Step two is ground to body. But people don't teach it that way, especially people in like, you know, I know these guys have gotten into the the baseball realm, the Tylus Performance Institute. They'll talk about ground forces. Right. Ground force is, is only equal to the amount of force that you give it, right? So if you're a 100-pound ballerina and you're a 265-pound human being, the 265-pound human being is going to generate more force to the ground because it has more force to generate to the ground to get back. Okay. The ground is an echo, right? So now we're on sand, we're in water, we're on a, a BOSU ball. That's different. That's not, that's, we don't have that ground force to anchor our uh, merry-go-round post to rotate around. Does that, well, does that explain it? Yes. Yeah. And, it, and, and it's, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, because, you know, I know I just figured that gravity had to play some sort of oh, role. Of course. In the, right. Right. Because yeah, size, yeah. size matters. Can't teach yep. size. That's what yep. my dad would say. Well, and that's also why, you know, you know, if you're like you said, if you're a 300 pound, generally speaking, because I'm sure there are exceptions to this, but if you're like a 300 pound person, you're probably not going to jump as high, right? Getting nope. your feet off the ground as like a 120 pound person, right? Correct. Ba- basic. Okay. So, so that's that's really important, I think, to understand because one of the other things that the, that uh, you know the, our teacher man friend will talk about is uh, you know you want to hit off of one leg and not two legs, right? And and so. Anybody that's, I think, ever, by the way, one of the things, right, that I that I, 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 I said that, you know, he'll talk about things that big leaguers do. And by the way, he says all the best big leaguers do what I teach. They just don't know they're they're doing it. Um, and someone calling me while I'm on the podcast. Just, it was, yeah, it was one of your recent patients. Um, he knows better. He's supposed to know better. Um I lost my stuff. I don't even know where I was, where I was. Um, but, but basically, uh, oh, I was talking about how he, he says every big leaguer does what every good big leaguer does that, you know, a good hitter does what he, what he teaches. They just don't mm-hmm. know they're doing it. And you're never going to see these guys hit with their foot off the ground. Now, when he demonstrates and the teacher man demonstrates a swing and, and almost every video I've seen of him, his front foot pops off the ground. He can't keep it in the ground. He almost always right. falls over. And, and, and that was another thing too. Like one time I was actually like, afraid for him. Like I thought he was going to act you know, like got to catch himself. Um, but you, you, you no, you want to hit what you want, both feet on the ground, just the same as if you were trying to block somebody, you would want both feet on the ground. If you're going to get ready to return a tennis serve, you'd want both feet on the ground. If you're playing mm-hmm. defense in basketball, you'd want both feet on the ground, all of the above. If you were going to throw a football, you name it, any athletic right. motion, you would want both feet on the ground. Right. The key. And we've talked about this is that, we essentially have two merry-go-round posts. We load to one, that starts to spin. Energy is transferred to the front, and that starts to spin. The only person I've ever seen slow down that's still rotating without one here or there, right? So he's taking weight off his back, he's transferring to his front, and he's still rotating at the same speed he was on his back was your player, Jackson Lynn, Jackson. now at two Lynn. I've yes. never – he's literally – if you stop the film, both his feet are off the ground almost, and he's still rotating his spine, which is literally 
almost impossible that he's able it's an unbelievable feat of athleticism that he plants. And that's probably why his exit velocity was how, 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 how fast was uh, it? 108 off a tee. Yeah. 100. 108 off a tee. Right. Yeah. So he was still turning that trunk. And that was the most incredible athletic thing I've ever seen. Right. So, right. Cause you, you need to, you need to land in order to, to shift the trans, the, the right. transfer of a, rotation. Yeah, I even said to him, like, Mike, he looks like he's David Blaine. looks like he's levitating and yeah. still spinning. It was yeah. amazing. It was yeah. amazing. And so, so again, we're going to get more into this. I'm going to, you know, kind of comb through this a little bit more and take more extensive notes, but I just, it was amazing. I can, it took me, you know, I just did this what yesterday and, and I, I still haven't gone through all the videos because I, I had to stop and take I had so many things that he said. I would go, I got to write this down. This is bananas. I'll take notes. Yeah. It's bananas. Yeah. I bananas. mean, some of the things that he will say and, and, and I just, my head spins as to uh, the, the fact that he's got, you know, it's, you know, we joke around. It's kind of like a cult following almost. You know what I mean? Like it's like oh, oh, he's got some voodoo or something going on. But voodoo. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So now there was something about pitching. I know that you wanted to talk about. Um, oh yeah, but, let me share this. Go ahead. Well, just before, before we get there, before you before you do that, um, you know, lots of things in athletics. And athletic motions, and and someone always, I'm sure you get this, Kevin. Two people always go, "What about swimming?" Okay, so I'm going to leave swimming out because, first of all, you know my opinion on swimming. I don't think it's a sport. It's what you do to not die in water. You still rotate your trunk to move your arms, but go on. There you go. All right, but everything has now, especially in a sport like baseball, all we do is sprint and rotate, right? And I always joke that, and if you do one of them right, you only have to trot, right? So you don't get a, you don't have to sprint that you know, 360 feet, you can just trot it. Right. I mean, if you hit it out of the park, but we sprint, we rotate, right. We go from dead stop, rotate, Mm -hmm. full sprint, full, make a left, full sprint, make a left, full sprint set and so on and so forth. Same thing, you know, in the field, right. Um, You know, it talked about how baseball's, you know, not a fast sport until you hit the ball and it's the fastest sport, you know, in the world, right. You got three seconds to read the ball, make a play, make a throw, et cetera. There's a lot of what we, a lot of what's done in baseball is really similar. So I know we're going to get into pitching. You tell me if I'm wrong, Kevin, but a lot of it is the same, is it not? The only difference, well, there's two differences, right? Hitting's reactive, pitching's proactive. So that's a big mm-hmm. difference. And I think that because pitching's proactive, then you can use more linear force than hitting because you don't want to be like running to try to hit a ball that's already moving, right? And you're not going to have much success right. at that, right? So, Besides that, like, what are some of the, what is, well, you go on your pitching, but I mean, yeah, I mean, basically the same movements. This goes back to the, my three pillars of movement, scapular depression. We need control of our shoulder blades. They can't be earrings like from the eighties. Okay. We can't have those big, big earrings hanging off our ears, the hoops. We have to be able to squat every, every rotary sport. Every sport requires a perfectly done squat, which a lunge just for, we know is a one-legged squat. We can just right. Photoshop the leg out. And then we've got to be able to walk or move from our center and turn. That's it. Those three for every every rotary sport. So we have talked about a pitching avatar. Um, I don't know for God knows how long we've been talking about this. So I uh, sadly, well, summer sadly, I have uh, as you know a few pitchers um, coming in this this week today um, that are essentially in some state of injury. Yep. So I want to. Uh, pull out my game test and, and just kind of go over it. Um, so I pull this one out. This is a version you'll actually see 
the McGovern movement score. This is how old this is. So um, I think I copywrote game, the game test graded active movie, movie exam was copywritten in 2010. So this predates this, but it's got some of the tests here still exist. Um, some of them have been pushed to uh, prerequisites, but some of them, you know, single leg deadlift, still the lunge, the squat, all those tests still abduction coordination is named differently, but it's still so, sort of here. But I went down, I had this, I was like, oh, look at this. And I had this um, throwing uh, exam. Yep. And this was just for markers. You know, we talk about, well, what's, what are we, you know, Pitcher A, pitcher B, what markers are we using? And I had, uh, it looks like nine of them here. Um, a couple of them are of different uh, weighted points. Um, so I'll just, I have the address. Uh, I can tell from memory the address is being up tall, shoulders depressed, head facing. I always teach going out of the stretch. The wind up is all extra movements that we don't need. Um, the elevator, uh, that's essentially that the front leg comes up and the arms can either come up or not. Okay. Um, the break that, you know, are we breaking too early? Um, I want the hand in the glove as long as possible. Um, so I may need to fiddle with that as far as, you know, what's a pass or fail. And these are all pass or fail. So, right. um, and I guess, you know, it's, it's subjective initial arm angle. Obviously if we come out and we're in the, and we're making a letter, you know, W T M X. Yep. all wrong. <laughs> um, and you know, you'll see here a big one, the most, uh, two of them, you know, for me was getting the leg up and then getting the leg down. I have the toe touch 30 points. What that means is that the whole body stays back. Oh, and this elevator too, is when leg goes up, back leg comes down into a squat. Okay. Yep. Um, the toe touch is that we still stay in that one legged squat as the toe comes down the mound and makes contact out in front before our center of gravity comes to home plate. So once that happens, then the initial hip acceleration, which is our back leg, okay? A lot of people will say to leave the leg there, to anchor it to the mound. I don't agree with that. I think the arm and the back leg have to be married, okay? Um, hip follow-through, which probably should be, you know, at this point, you know, center follow-through, the belly button is, you know, essentially past the front leg. Arm acceleration, I can tell you, is where it's accelerating from. So if it's not accelerating with gravity, that would be a fail. And then the ability, which I really rarely see pitchers ever do, is to be able to finish and hold in a balanced position. Most of them are falling off the mound, you know, rolling towards the dugout. I, ne I it's, hard, it's hardly ever see, I see these flamethrowers that they teach that could actually feel the ball hit back to them because they're not in position to feel it. Their legs are all over the place. They have no control of their body. Um, so that would be another. So, um, you know, I think this is a, am I happy with all of this? I probably was 12 years ago, but like everything else, you, you get better with your craft. Right. So, you know, out of these nine things, probably six and a half of them are good. I think the other uh, need to be refined, but um, this is one. And then, uh-oh, if I scroll up, Oh my oh God, Mikey! Oh look at this! Look at this! Hey, who did that? We have a hitting avatar, or you know, of of where things need to be in hitting uh, the stance, the load, the load hands, the stride to the ball, hip rotation, initiation, hands to the ball, uh, dynamic torso posture, and the finish. So, 
Um, this is something that we can uh, certainly walk, you know, work on. But this is um, so I combined all of these. It had a, you know, it had a passing, it had a passing score and a report of findings with stuff to work on. Right. Um, but I think it's a good start. Right. You know, again, like in the hitting, this could be anything. Okay. Again, a bad hitting instructor. You're zero for thirty-five, and you don't make the team. Yep. A bad pitching instructor, and you're coming to see me this afternoon. I mean, that's yeah, pretty well, much what it is. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say something about that. I'm gonna I'm starting to see. Well, I'm, it's not that I'm starting to see. I've seen this for a while, but I'm now starting to realize that there's there's a lot of hit. I'm sure you've seen the hitters where you know actually like Richie would teach where you do this and they mm-hmm. get way farther elbow this mm. way. And I'm I, I'm starting to realize that there's some kids that are having some elbow issues because of that because that's oh, so the swing okay. is okay potentially and uh, the other thing I would say on too, the on the on the back I'm elbow yeah, the, the, t- the top hand back the top hand medial side okay yeah this one right here so yep so it's uh, and and you, you see it you can see it a lot yeah, I, for whatever reason it could be coincidence but I do see it more on the softball side than the baseball side but there are. Plenty of baseball hitters who I've seen that over the years as well. Um, that that just that do that. And um, you know, there's there's lots of um you know functional or um performance uh, uh negatives that come out of that as well, right? You're dragging mm-hmm. the barrel, you're gonna feel like you're late on everything, you're gonna slice me the right side, or you're gonna get way early and hook it, or whatever. But 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 I've I've had some players just recently. Uh, that come in first time we do an evaluation and, you know, I'm starting to ask now, like, you know, do you have ever any elbow pain? Yeah. And, and, you know, at least two of them who are not pitchers, not overhand pitchers um, that have experienced some elbow pain. And it looks like that may be the culprit. So I think no that's kidding. interesting. No, oh, yeah. That's um, I gotta say that's sad. That's sad. Yeah. And I gotta say one other thing too, when it comes to hitting. And so the importance of posture, like it is so massively important and anytime, uh, and anything. I, I have a player. Com- computer programmer, high-level pitcher, race car driver, everything. Everybody. Well, I'm going to speak specifically to hitting here for a second. And I'm going to say there's a, you know, we have a, uh, Kevin, you and I have a mutual uh, client, student, right? Um, he's a freshman in high school. He's a catcher and um, started having some knee pain. And so Kevin mm-hmm. saw him and one of the things I was trying to work on with this particular player is to get him in a stronger position in, in his load phase and, and, and specifically getting his hips back, getting his butts down and to sort of really load into the inside part of the back leg. And I call it a negative load because there's resistance with it. Um, mm-hmm. Just the term that I use. Um, and, uh, and, and he was, he was making some progress. We were still struggling. Well, um, I don't spend the whole session on that. We got to get to hitting, right? We got to get to other parts of the swing. So Kevin, he came to see you uh, for his knee. And then ultimately you also worked on getting him into that hip position. Well, lo and behold, he comes back and the first session, he's now performing it correctly. His exit velocity went from an above average for a freshman high school, but he was like in, you know, the 80 to 84 range, 85, Mm -hmm. maybe with wood and he's now consistently 90 and he's been as high as 94, 95. He's hit the ball 340 feet. So that's a very significant difference because that's basically going from, you know, above average varsity high school to, you know, 
at, at some uh, charts, even above average MLB, right? So if you're talking wood off the tee, so that's a pretty wow. significant difference. Um, and so I worked on one movement, right? Yeah. One and, movement and, only. And we, and talking about, so this stuff, it's again, it's not just opinion. It's, it's, it's this provable fact, right? Provable. Yeah. It's absolutely provable. It's proven by, you know, some people are for metrics and some are against it. And I don't like to obsess about metrics, but it does really, now we finally have a way to actually show progress and kids can see the mm. progress they're making. And when something like that, you go, okay, well, there's proof that he's actually fixing it and he's getting into a better position, et cetera. He's using the right muscles, right? If you don't mm-hmm. recruit those right muscles to get ready to move and get ready to work, well, they're probably not going to get, they're probably not going to move because there is that point when you're hitting where your brain goes, dude, Hey, we got to swing. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And something's going to go right. Because right. your brain's going to win out on that. Your brain is the boss. Yep. And it's going to make something move to the ball. And if you're in a perfect, you know, if you're in the right posture, you know how you're supposed to move the right things move first, and then you're going to perform better. And that's I all it. I have to say about that. All right. Well, I guess that wraps us up. That does wrap us up. No. Why would you do that today? Sorry, folks. Sorry, yeah. folks. But um, Ryan has the patent on that. So, yeah, well, we don't want to ruin this. We don't want to. You guys are not do like why did you do that while I'm not there? No, 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 like the sixth video they're gonna show you guys. (laughs) All right, everybody. Well, thanks for uh, listening. And again, if you need to uh, contact the show, you can email us at info at proveitlive.com. Look for us on YouTube. We have a Prove It Live uh, page. Please uh, subscribe to it. Uh, We do have some uh, shows up there and some and some videos. Uh, Mike again is at the farm baseball performance Institute in Waltham, Massachusetts. They've got an extensive web presence as well as I do at perfect motion sports therapy.com. So, uh, we'll see you guys, uh, next week. See you guys week from today.